Today's Issues continues on AFR. And welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Today's Issues. Fred Jackson here, along with Steve Jordahl and Chris Woodward. And you may be asking, well, where's Tim? Well, Tim, has he started out the program today, explained a uh, little trouble with uh, sore throat and uh, that sort of thing. So he has decided to uh, spend the last half hour of the program giving his voice a rest. And hopefully be back uh, tomorrow. But we're here with still a lot of news to talk about. You know, uh, towards the end of the uh, the first hour, we were talking about uh, with Gary Bauer, Governor Ron DeSantis. He continues to just shine uh, there with the things that he's doing in Florida. There's a story of, on Fox News. The headline is Florida Governor DeSantis's office to investigate drag show event. For exposing children to inappropriate content. It is just amazing to me, uh, Steve, that we're having to even have a governor fight the idea that schools or public libraries would be inviting these sexual perverts into do shows in front of little kids. And uh, you and I, I, I showed you a video that we cannot post, we can't even talk about, really, um, about how explicit these shows are. They're horrific. Mm. And I was thinking at the end of uh, last hour we were talking, it, it's not that long ago that a lot of the stuff that we are talking about now, the books that are in the libraries, drag queen shows, um, it would have been unthinkable. It, it, charges would have been brought Immediately, teachers would have been fired for doing what they do. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, not only is it accepted, it, it's it's forced, and you're made to uh, you're you're wrong if you object. You're some kind of a bigot if you object. Chris, I don't know what's happened to this country and how it can change so quickly from normal, what we would consider normal. Uh, way of acting it to, to what we've become. Yeah, uh, and when it comes to, like, drag queen story hours, sometimes they're at uh, zoos, and I'm not making that up. Montana Zoo was in the news months ago because they were uh, going to host a, a drag queen story hour. And some people are like, well, you don't have to, you know, take your kid. Nobody's forcing you to sit in on it. Uh, and, and there is some truth to that. But one thing that is um, true is the fact that even public libraries, taxpayer-funded institutions are hosting these events which means while Johnny and Jane uh, might not be there in attendance, uh, you're still paying for these people to do all these ungodly things in front of them. One organization, uh, and this is in the social media realm, uh, that has been trying to um, bring drag queen story hour situations to light and other radical LGBTQ stuff uh, has been in something called Libs of TikTok. And it's been around for a while. We've uh, aired many sound bites uh, on this show of things that um, Libs of TikTok posted. And I bring all this up because the founder of Libs of TikTok, and I may be mispronouncing her name here, Shea Rachik, that's how Rusty said it earlier this morning. Shea Rachik was on uh, Tucker Carlson's program, uh, and she talked about a number of things uh, on the radical LGBTQ side of uh, things. Um, and I've got several sound bites here. Let's begin with this one. It's Libs of TikTok founder Shea Rachik uh, telling Tucker Carlson that the radical LGBT community uh, has become a cult of sorts that won't let people leave. Clip one. How? What is going on here? Do you have any theories? I think there's um, 
there's something so unique about the LGBTQ community has become this cult and it's so captivating and it pulls people in so strongly unlike anything we've ever seen um, and they they brainwash um, people to join and they convince them of all of these things um, and it's really really hard to get out of it it's really difficult and and there are studies on this like there have been there's been a lot of reporting on this about people uh, parents who are like you know my child is is starting to say you know that they're non-binary or transgender or whatever and how, what do I do how do I how do I stop this and it's really really difficult it it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen I think now that's it's an interesting situation. Steve pointed this out in our discussion about what we were going to discuss on the show today. Uh, and Steve made a good point, I thought, uh, prior to the show that, you know, libs of TikTok is just videos. It's yeah. stuff that other people posted that they were basically sharing on their platform, on their account. So it's not like they're taking things out of context. It's literally saying, look at these things people are posting online. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, Steve, it's all part of spiritual warfare uh, that we are seeing today. And and these these are people who are trying to capture the minds of kids to normalize. I'm disgusted that parents would take their kids to a drag queen show. But again, um, I hope there are more governors than Governor DeSantis that are that are now aware of the dangers of this and will do something. But uh, I, I just, as I say, I believe this is uh, one of the latest fronts in Satan's spiritual warfare in this country and going after our children. Yeah, um, no doubt. And I keep hearing, we hear the word groomer a lot, and people react to that. The left says you, you don't call us groomers. But this is exactly why they're in schools, is because it's easier to capture the mind of a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a ten-year-old yeah. who hasn't developed a worldview, who's still trusting and innocent. If It's easier to capture that mind than it would be even of a high schooler who's now developing their own sense of what's right and wrong. And um, it's, it's wicked. It is, it, is, it is spiritual. It is spiritual. It's demonic. Yeah. What's what's going on? Well, I, I think parents need to be alerted to this. I think pastors should be talking about it and warning their congregations, finding out what's going on in their community. I mean, we talked to Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was late last week, about he's won a battle in at least a couple of public libraries right. about uh, doing a reading in mm-hmm. those libraries. They didn't want him at first because he's a conservative. Uh, so be aware of this. This this is serious stuff, and uh, our church communities need to be aware of this. Anyway, Steve, next yep. story. All right, let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about COVID. I just saw a headline that I uh, before coming in here. Um, the city of Milan in Italy is now testing uh, everybody that's coming off of a plane in China because they say that passengers on Chinese airways, fifty percent of them have COVID, is what they say. So the COVID pandemic, uh, you're going to keep hearing a lot of stuff. Um, Maybe it's not gone. um, But here's what I want to make sure that we watch. Did we learn anything over the last two years? Because a lot of stuff that we tried 
backfired, and and I haven't yet heard a lot of people, a lot of people in in authority admit that at this point. I do want to play you this. Um, there is a, a a guy that his name is is Doctor Yaw, um, and uh, Ashish Yaw, and he's an advisor to the White House on COVID issues, and. Just last week, he was on a Zoom call, and he made an astounding statement that I think everybody needs to pay attention to, especially schools, when they're starting to try again to mask up our kids. Listen to Cut 8. There's no study in the world that shows that masks work that well. So you're never going to get the kind of benefit from mandatory year-round masking as you would from making substantial improvements in indoor air quality. But it's a lot easier to implement as well. You know, that's amazing <laughs> compared to what we were getting from Dr. Fauci over the last couple of years. Of course, he did change his mind uh, eventually. Up in, in, I think uh, Chris is in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, where the school district up there has already announced uh, a mask mandate for the first two weeks of the new term. Yeah. Then the kids get off break. Yeah, basically they are concerned that, um, you know, Christmas and other holiday gatherings, uh, maybe kids got contaminated with COVID. Now they're going to bring it back and spread it to other students and teachers and stuff like that. And uh, Boston wants people or students specifically to uh, wear masks, even though we have a ton of evidence that say kids aren't the super spreaders we thought they would be on top of the stories, which Steve and I have covered for what seems like a hundred years now, yeah. uh, questioning the uh, the efficiency of masks. Um, I do have some sound here to go with what um, Steve just mentioned. Um, Fox News medical contributor Dr. Nicole Sapphire was on Fox and Friends this morning criticizing Boston schools and others for pushing masks. Clip seven. The fundamental problem here is that you've had the public health establishment uh, exaggerate the risk of COVID to kids, some of the mask wearing, the transmission in school for the last three years. And while some of these precautionary things may have been acceptable early on in the pandemic, three years in, the onus is really on public health experts to prove that some of these interventions work. Public health is not about just the numbers. It's not just about decreasing transmission rates. There are so many other factors involved, especially when it comes to children wearing masks. They're now saying you need to mask up to prevent RSV and flu. But RSV and flu have been around for decades, if not centuries. Don't you think if masks had proven to work before that they would have mentioned it before COVID? It doesn't necessarily make sense. You know, Steve, I find it amazing because it was drilled into the American mind in the initial year and a half or so of the pandemic. Follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. And if you disagreed with the CDC and Fauci, well, somehow you were a flat earther and uh, that you had bad information. And we're going to go to Twitter and make sure your, your point of view doesn't get out there. But now we do have science. We do have science that um, the vac- vaccination doesn't keep you from getting COVID, that the boosters don't keep you from getting COVID, that the vaccination and boosters don't keep you from spreading COVID. And that they're dangerous. And that, and that they're dangerous. So uh, all of a sudden, we're not hearing this follow the science anymore. So it goes to the belief that there was a whole lot more of a political agenda in these steps that the CDC were telling Americans they had to follow versus a scientific reason. Absolutely. Uh, the Twitter files, the number 10, the last one that was released, uh, really highlighted the fact that the FBI, the White House and the health agencies like the CDC and the National Institutes of Health were orchestrating a, a narrative. 
and they didn't want anything that was going to upset the narrative. How, how, how many of you guys out there remember the, the, the push for vaccinations? Got to get vaccinated. Got to get vaccinated. And um, now we're, like you said, Fred, they're not effective. And in some cases, we're finding out they may be dangerous, even deadly. Uh, uh, everything that we say now today would have been in the realm of conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, a year ago. I don't think that there's any such thing as conspiracy theories anymore because they're all proving to be true. Don't yeah. tell me there's no aliens, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and, and listen, if if an individual decides for themselves to get a vaccine, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Go ahead. We're not, we're not saying that. You have a discussion with your doctor, you agree you're going to take, take the shot, take the booster, whatever the case, and that is your decision. What has been the concern of many conservatives are the mandates. Right. In other words, you know, to the healthcare worker, Chris, I know you've been covering this story. Mm-hmm. For the healthcare worker who says, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm sorry, you lose your jobs. The military people, thousands of military people thrown out for not taking the right. vax. So it's not so much we're condemning the individual decisions, it is the mandate, mm-hmm. it is the government, it is the businesses saying, unless you do this, you don't work here anymore. Sure. Yeah, a number of the people early on that filed challenges to the mandates were people that themselves were vaccinated for COVID. Uh, I can name two people uh, by name, uh, Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring, his uh, business partner at The Daily Wire. Uh, they did a, um, a teleconference with their attorneys uh, on this on their challenge. And uh, Boring had said, look, you know, I'm vaccinated. Uh, but I don't like people being told you must do this uh, and we're not going to force our employees that don't want to get it to get it. And that was uh, an opinion shared by many people out there um, when it comes to the shot. I think it's important to point out uh, that uh, AFA has not taken a position on vaccines. I, well, we have this discussion. I, I don't want to make you – know, we're not speaking for the ministries for what you should or shouldn't do. Matt Staver at Liberty Council has been the champion of uh, all the legal um, – challenges to mandates and such, uh, especially religious uh, objections or churches closing. Matt has just done a a hero's work down in Florida at Liberty Council at that. Okay. Uh, The robots are coming. (laughs) AI. uh, We're we're almost living in a a Hollywood thriller. Um, They took a uh, an inter- they did an interview with an artificial intelligence robot, and they happened to put a face on this particular robot. It's a woman, uh, woman's voice. And Channel 4 in England, they only have like four channels. <laughs> Channel 4 did this interview with this AI, and they asked the AI to, to do a speech like uh, King Charles was going to do. How would you do the speech? Listen to listen to this this is cut 11 right you, you're being interviewed for channel four are you comfortable yes i am comfortable can you give me a speech about the year like the one king charles will give my fellow humans i come before you in this moment as an ai robot eager to share my thoughts on the year that has passed it is true that many of the occurrences of 2022 have been negative in nature we have seen people in power succumb to anti-semitism corruption and hate, and increasingly extreme weather conditions from climate change. However, there have been glimmers of hope and joy in these moments of darkness. We saw the growth of inclusivity, with the UK getting its first PM of colour and its first Hindu Prime Minister, 
and with Kim Petras becoming the first trans singer to have a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Thanks. Do you like humans? Not particularly. <laughs> I, I cut that up, by the way. It was a longer interview, but it shows that the people who have input into the AI, it's, they're woke. So the AI is woke. You know, Chris, this is scary. I, I, I mean, uh, AI come equipped with a, a pretty good British accent there. Yeah. Uh, so that's it's amazing how they're able to compose this. And uh, I wonder sometimes there's there's a bit of a uh, controversy going on now with uh, I think one McDonald's outlet. Yeah, that, out that in wants, Texas wants to go to robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to, to serve people? Yeah, this is part of an effort uh, that many businesses are looking at, those that can afford it, where they're doing some more automation uh, to get around the um, increasing cost of labor. Many people don't want to work for X amount of dollars anymore. They want to have a, you know, a, a much higher wage than the minimum wage to work in something like the fast food sector. And so this uh, McDonald's is doing a, a test run, if you will, uh, where it's basically just a bunch of robots inside the building making this, making the stuff. You pull up at the window and the robot arm hands you your bag of Big Macs or whatever it may be. Uh, and so unfortunately, due to the uh, increasing cost uh, or increasing demands for exorbitant wages, some businesses in the food industry in particular are moving in this direction. And I do have some audio here of uh, Fox News contributor Katrina Campins. She was on uh, Fox and Friends earlier today uh, talking about this uh, McDonald's in Texas using robots. Clip 10. This actually, in a weird way, may may actually inflict fear in people that say, okay, well, wait a second. Rob- robots may replace us. We actually have to be nice again. We have to be kind again. What happened to customer service? You know, because there's so many situations where you go to these places and people are just rude. They're, they, they're not happy to be working. And I think, unfortunately, I'm very old school. Like, I like a person to greet me and say, hello, how are you? You know, I'm just old fashioned on, in all aspects of life. But I think, unfortunately, this is where we're headed in many industries. I just get the order right. That's no pickles. Just get the order right. That would be the first step. And the second step is at least they're not going to mess with your food. You hear these stories about you getting the servers getting angry and doing stuff. to your uh, food. That one robot didn't like humans. No, he didn't. <laughs> she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're fond of them. I, I've been trying to listen to this, trying to create an image in my, uh, my mind of the robot flipping burgers in it's, yeah. Uh, well, um, it was somebody, uh, somebody out in California recently. One of the big chains. Uh, they were looking at, um, um, and a robot that was going to make like the tortilla chips at Chipotle. I think it is. They were yeah. they were testing a robot making the uh, tortilla chips. Oh uh, well. Hey, listen. Uh, they're not going to replace people on the radio, though. Oh. <laughs> No, they will not. Actually, interestingly enough, Steve stumbled across this a couple of years ago, and we still laugh about it because uh, on YouTube you can find basically like a robot voice newscast yes. where it's a bunch of videos, and the robot voice tells you about the story. Yes. And what was funny is apparently whoever did the coding for the robot didn't code it to where it wouldn't say like the abbreviations. Right. So, for example, it was Ben Sass in the video, in the in the video news report, and the um, – the robot was like Ben Sass R Neb, and went on to say, you know, whatever. So uh, there's some tweaking that still needs to go. <laughs> yeah, they're not quite. They don't have it quite down. I was just thinking about that the other yes, day too. R Neb. R Neb. <laughs> All right, Mr. Steve, what okay. we got? We're running out of time here. Okay, let's do. Um, 
I, I do this with a, with a little hesitation because we have been talking about how severe this storm was and it's disastrous and it's been tragic, the loss of life. And I do not mean at all to diminish that. Uh, we've been hearing from Steve Tiber. But occasionally a TV station will run into some personnel issues too. And I think this particular TV station, this is KWWL in Iowa, and I think their weather guy got stuck somewhere that they couldn't find him. So they they asked their sportscaster, his name is Mark Woodley, uh, Woodley, to fill in. And I mean, the worse the weather got, the worse his mood got. Listen to Cut 12. I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long and generally on those shows I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've I've got good news and and I've got bad news. The the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've all been there. At one point, he was like, um, you know, inside the weather truck, they got heat, but uh, outside they don't have heat. (laughs) That's, there's no heat out here, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess th- this is the plight of uh, of juniors in the broadcasting business. That's right. That's right. Jim Cantore didn't. He had to start somewhere. Right? Had to start somewhere. Yes, but uh, that's that's the the way the industry works. Yeah. And uh, this young man. But you know, you learn from experience. Maybe down the road he'll turn into a weather guy. Well, he's got. He's certainly become uh, viral for his uh, weather right. coverage. <laughs> so it's a good start, I think. <laughs> but we had a video one time, an audio of of uh, you know the guy that I bring in every so often, uh, Sean Farage. Yeah, uh, he was. It was he did a, a thing of Donald Trump doing the weather. It was. I don't have it to play for you right now. It was. It was hilarious. It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah, you you were talking just a moment ago about the uh, the move towards uh, automated voices, yeah. remote voices. Uh, on my vehicle, as you travel from state to state, there is a voice that comes on. Welcome to Mississippi. Yeah. I've said to my wife a number of times, you know, she uh, this and it's a female voice. She would make a good newsreader. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are there are some robot voices that do a really great job, but then you have like the the automated voice on uh, the weather warnings, yes. where they like phonetically pronounce things. Which, as a Mississippian, I always laugh at because it's like there is a tornado warning issued for Pontotoc, Mississippi, and it's <laughs> like that ain't how we say it here, lady. Um, my the voice on my uh, phone is Australian. I, I I put a guy up there as an Australian guy. Yes, yeah, there. Uh, Sometimes artificial intelligence, uh, they're not that intelligent. Right. <laughs> uh, there, there is, uh, is it uh, Pier, North Dakota? Pier. Pier, North well, Dakota. Isn't I, that... I, I think some of the locals pronounce it I think, Pier. I, yeah, I think that is correct. But, but for the anchor who is not familiar with that, they'll say Pierre. You can always yeah. tell when you got an out-of-town news personality. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. First thing you do is you go find out how everybody pronounces everything. Do Ask what, Christian. Yes. Yeah, that's do, not right. Do what the do what the locals do. Yep. Hey, listen, thanks, guys. Steve Jordahl. My pleasure. Chris Woodward. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Brent Creeley for putting up with us uh, for another hour and a half today. Uh, Lord willing, Tim, Tim's voice, I think, is on the mend. And Lord willing, he'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, stay tuned so for some more great programming here on American Family Radio. See you again soon.